this week, I don't know if I've just noticed these stories because I've been preparing this talk or, or whether I would have uh, paid attention to them anyway, but this week saw at least four uh, news headlines. Uh, transgender women banned from competitive female cycling events. Um, women quite clearly can't have male body parts. No, can clearly have male body parts, according to uh, Ed Davey, the Liberal Democrat leader. Uh, a teacher uh, was sacked after refusing to use an eight-year-old's pronouns, a Christian teacher, I will add. And uh, Oxford University have been really divided over this uh, speaker called Kathleen Stock, who's been invited to come and speak at a debate. Uh, it's divided because she's a feminist who says that trans women are not women. Uh, and so it's divided opinion at Oxford University. We live in a world that has rejected the idea of male and female only genders, created a whole wealth of new genders, created uh, a way for us to be non-gender, non-binary, known as they, them, rather than he or she. Uh, and when people do come out uh, as different genders and, and uh, things, they seem to be celebrated, they're called brave, uh, and if you reject uh, these kind of ideas, like, like this uh, speaker, Kathleen Stock, then you're kind of rejected by people in society. We're, many of us will know about J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, who, who sent a tweet out um, saying that, that trans women are not women and kind of being cancelled. Don't, don't mention her now. Um, Confusing worlds. Uh, the Christian Institute reported a couple of weeks ago a survey done that says one in ten teenage pupils want to change gender. Uh, I think we have to push into kind of what are those teenagers saying. They will say different things. For some of them, that's real deep feelings that they have. For some, it's kind of jumping on the bandwagon kind of thing, I think. But certainly in my experience working in Brighton Hove schools last year, I think this is probably pretty accurate. Uh, coming across students all the time thinking, well, I'll now be they and them changing their name and pronouns are confusing. So what do we do when we face these issues? Well, as Christians, we can look at the Bible. We can look and get God's wisdom on these matters. And we're going to do that this evening. Uh, we're going to think firstly uh, what the Bible says to us about our bodies, our sex, our gender. Um, and I want to affirm with you this evening that our bodies are important. Our bodies are important. We see that in the Bible. Uh, that's really important for us to hear this evening because... As we'll think a bit more about later, there are people who really don't feel at home in their bodies and are really struggling. But our bodies, no less, they are important. They are given to us. They are created by our creator, God. Our good creator, God. He's made us to be embodied people. We're not just souls floating about in the air, are we? We have bodies part of God's good design for the world. 
Turn to Genesis 1. Um, as we see Genesis 1 play out, we see God create all sorts of things uh, in our, uh, to create our world. He created light, darkness, seas, land, plants, animals. And then you get to the sixth day. The sixth day of God's creation. Um, we'll read verse 26 to 30. One. Uh, would someone like to read that? I think uh, if you can have the microphone when you read that. So would someone like to volunteer to read that? Aaron will pass you a microphone. Genesis 1, 26 to 31. Oh, Sema will. Um, Aaron's coming up behind you, just to warn you. <laughs> With a microphone. <laughs> it's all okay. Thanks, Sema. <laughs> image like us and let him rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every living thing which gives flat on the earth which goes flat on the earth and God made man in his image in the image of God he made him male and female he made them And God gave them his blessing and said to them, Be fertile and have increase, and make the earth full, and be masters of it. Be rulers over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing moving on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every plant producing seed in the face of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit producing seed. They will be for your food. More? Uh, to 31, please, thank and you. God saw, and God saw everything which he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thank you, Arsema. Uh, there are, I think, there, there are some unique things that happen on this sixth day. Uh, on no other day does God create... A creature in his image. Uh, only on that day does he create a creature who will rule over his creation. And only on that day does he kind of stand back and look, look at his creation and say that it is very good. Creating human beings are kind of the high point of his creation. As one writer put it, puts it, our value and worth do not come from ourselves. It is God-given. He, he says that we have value and worth as people created in God's image. We are images of God. And that, that means a number of things. Uh, and one of the things, uh, it means that our bodies are created in God's image. Um, so apparently image in the Old Testament, the, the, the word for image in the Hebrew, it is mainly used of idols. Idols being a physical carved a statue or copy of something. And human beings are like this physical statue or copy of the non-physical being that, that is God's. 
And so as images of God, as people in bodies, our bodies are important to show kind of visibility of who, what God is like. It's all part of how we're created in God's image. It's an important thing. But we're not just our bodies. If we were just our bodies, we'd be standing fairly still and would be a bit boring, wouldn't we? In chapter 2 and verse 7, we see that the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. God breathes in life to us. We are body and soul. Body and souls go together, don't they? And if we remain true to uh, our bodies that we're given by God... Uh, There's only two different types. There's male and there's female. Both human, but male and female. Both equal, both created in the image of God, but different. They're male and female. Uh, And that's important, especially important, for us to obey what God says in verse 28. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. You need a male and you need a female to be able to increase in number. That's God, part of God's design for this world. Um, I don't know if anybody's a Guardians of the Galaxy fan. I know Aaron is. Um, in the latest film, I was quite intrigued by seeing... Uh, this world that looks familiarly, familiarly like our world, but isn't. It's full of uh, creatures who are a bit like us, but they're, they're not. Uh, this, this guy tried to, has tried to make this perfect human race, and he keeps trying, and he keeps kind of rubbing out the one previous go and he creates a whole new batch and sends them to this world and he has to keep trying and trying because he he can't really do it but that's not how God's designed our world that's not how he's designed the population of this world to grow he doesn't create a whole new batch somewhere in heaven and sends them to earth every few years He's designed male and female bodies to be able to in- help the world be filled, to be increased in number. And that needs male and female. But there are no other options. There are no other genders mentioned here. It's only male and female. And actually, I think that gives us a really good, solid idea of who we are we are male and we are female and we are created in God's image I think that gives us a really solid foundation for who we are as human beings and to muck that up makes things rather very unsolid like standing on sand sinking sand Thinking about what the rest of the Bible shows us about bodies, um, I heard someone say over this last week that the greatest compliment to human beings is that we can read in the Bible that the Word became flesh. 
Jesus entered into a human body. He was fully human. Fully God, but fully human. He was flesh, and he was born a male, a boy. His body died, and post-resurrection we see him in, uh, I think, a new resurrection body. Like the first, there's people could, could say it was Jesus, but, but different too. It, it seems to be different. Uh, and in 1 Corinthians 15, we're not going to read it, but we could read about uh, our resurrection bodies. In heaven, we're not just going to be souls floating around on a cloud playing a harp. If we were, we'd need a body to be able to play a harp, wouldn't we? And we're going to have new resurrection bodies, new perfect bodies. And so it's really important that we remember that our bodies are important. I want to take you to one more place uh, in the Bible whilst we're thinking uh, on this theme of bodies. In 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. I've gone too far. 1 Corinthians 6. Um, Someone else be able to read verse 19 and 20. Again, Aaron will probably shove a microphone in your face. Um, Gently, of course. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20. Thank, Thank you, Maria. Not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Yeah, th- thanks, Maria. Uh, Paul, Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and um, he, he was writing to people who were uh, at the time apparently uh, in, in the culture they were living in, there were a lot of people who believed that the body and soul were very separate from one another. That it didn't actually matter what you did with your body. It doesn't affect your, your inner being. But actually, Paul writes this and, and seems to say that our bodies are really important and who, who we are inside is really important. They matter. They are temples of the Holy Spirit. And actually, how we use our bodies are important too. He, he mentions that in verse 18, using the example of um, someone who sins sexually. He says, all other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. They affect us. Uh, our bodies are important. And our bodies, they're, they're brought at a price with Jesus' blood that was shed for us. Our bodies are important. But many will say that uh, our biological sex, um, whether we're male or female, doesn't affect what our gender is. Uh, People will say that gender is kind of psychological. It pertains to our inner sense of identity. And it's more defined in things like our behavior, our appearance, our clothing, our roles in life, and they say that's different from our biological sex. It can be different. Uh, 
But I, I think the Bible is very clearly telling us otherwise. That our biological sex is, is, goes hand in hand with our, our gender, male and female. I, I don't, we don't see it any different in the Bible. Um, a writer uh, who is very helpful um, to read any, anything written by Kevin DeYoung is helpful. Uh, he says, dividing the human race into two genders, male and female, one or the other, not both, and not one then the other, is not the invention of Victorian prudes or patriarchal oafs. It was God's idea. This was God's idea. This is God's plan for our world, his design. It goes back to Genesis 1 and creation. We're created equal to one another, created in the image of God. But, but we are different. We are male and we're female. But neither is more important than the other. Neither is more the image of God than the other. We're equal but different. Uh, and I think culture has had this idea of, of what uh, is right and acceptable for a male and a female. So, for instance, color. Um, uh, nowadays, we might say pink is for girls, blue is for boys. A hundred years ago, this was written in the Ladies' Home Journal, 1918, whatever that is. Uh, and it says this, pink being a more decided and stronger color is more suitable for the boy, while blue, is, which is much more delicate and dainty, is prettier for the girl. Isn't that interesting? A hundred years later, we'll probably say the other way around. It's very cultural stereotype. If we look at the Bible, actually, I think it gives us a lot of freedom uh, in, in how men and women can, can be, male and females can be. Uh, if you look at Jesus, he's the perfect man, and he does lots of things that we would consider macho. So he, he drove people out of the temple with a whip. He had the power to stop storms, he cast out demons, he defeated death. That seems all pretty macho, strong. But he also tenderly and lovingly welcomed little children. He wept at the grave of Lazarus. Men can cry. He didn't he say something like, uh, Jerusalem, I long to gather you in like a, a hen gathers in her chicks? Yeah, compassion and love. He cooked. He cooked breakfast on the beach for his disciples. He washed his disciples' feet. Men and women don't have to, to be these kind of set ideas uh, and yet there are definitely roles that men and women play uh, that, that are to be different from one another so God in, in, in the family and in the church life has, has different roles for men and women only a little bit in terms of leadership uh, men are to take on the role of, of elders and, and pastors teachers uh, and that's, that's God's design that goes back to creation. Men do have a responsibility to lead, but not in a domineering 
and strong way and greedy for power, but to lead like Jesus led, to lead with love, to lead with sacrifice, to lay down life, our lives for others, not to be served, but to serve. And that's the same, I think, in the family with husbands and, and wives. Men and women are equal, 100% equal, but, but they are different. Um, I'm going to stop there. Uh, we're going to move on in a moment to think about transgender and gender dysphoria issues. Uh, it might be that you might have a burning question at this point, uh, if they're to do with, with some of the more practical issues like transgender, gender dysphoria, then we'll, we'll think about that uh, in a bit. But if you have any questions, comments on what we've looked at so far, now's a good time to share. Yeah, uh, can we get you a microphone? Sorry, we'll, we'll pass the mic around. <laughs> More for the sake of the recording. And... Um, yes, you mentioned last year you were in schools. You're doing school, school work, is yeah. that right? What was your opinion of uh, these issues as you came through the school system? You're obviously doing some work there, so you, what... What was your general opinion about what was going on in schools and, and the young people? Uh, are they accepting all of this? Or are they kicking up against it? Uh, what's, what was your take on it? Uh, it seems to me that they're uh, pretty accepting. Um, and, I mean, I, in some ways, we, we, want, we, we, we as Christians, we want to be really loving and really welcoming and... and we want to be friends with people. We don't have to agree with everything. Um, I think in, in schools specifically, yeah, I think certainly uh, the schools I was in, they're, they're pretty accepting of, of all things, and, and there's some good in that. But also, yeah, it does feel like there's this... this is, my opinion is this kind of almost indoctrination, like you, you have all the freedom in the world to choose whether you're a boy, girl, something else, and that, that feels really dangerous and scary. Um, yeah. Um, I get there, I know this is a, a, big, a big question, but just... Um, so I've been pondering in recent weeks was the the place of um, kind of biological sex, you know, malehood and womanhood in the new creation. If you have any mm. comments on, so just just reading um, Galatians three twenty six uh, twenty nine. So in Christ Jesus, you are all um, children of God through faith. For all of you who have been baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. If you are all one in Christ, you belong to Christ, etc. I know there's a lot there, but I, I guess I, I just wondered, given that we know that there will be 
you know, marriage in heaven, have mm. you got any comments on what the, 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 the purpose or picture of malehood and womanhood in, in the new creation might be? Mm. In, interesting. Um, I was going to say about not being married in, in heaven. Um, I think Jesus says that um, quite clearly. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I look forward to finding out. I, I think we we probably will still recognize each other as, as men and women, I imagine. Um, I don't think our bodies are going to look radically different in any way. Um, I think as well, just kind of thinking off the top of my head, there's the sense that the church is the bride of Christ. Christ is the head of the church. He, he's the, the groom. And so in that way, actually, Christ is going to be leading his people, not not men. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to affect things in any way. Um, yeah, um, that's probably not a very helpful answer. But. Galatians. Galatians 3. One in Christ. Helpful thought, interesting thought. In in Christ, we are we are one in Christ. It doesn't we're male and female. We're we're equally as loved loved in Christ, aren't we? Um, interesting thought about how that goes on into the new creation. Um, yeah, look forward to finding out. And I might think about that a bit more actually. Uh, uh, maybe time for one more comment question. Don't don't have to. Steve, can we have a mic? Sorry. Just just a comment. There's one thing you sort of um, touched on is um, I think you're right in that the thinking behind modern gender gender ideology is is thoroughly gnostic. Mm. It's um, I mean this view that that bodies are unimportant and um, mm. and. Uh, your spirit is somehow constrained by your body rather than mm. actually being part of it is um was the, exactly the problem that they had in Corinth and it's, and it's very you know there's nothing new under the sun as uh, yeah as uh, Solomon said yeah i don't don't think it's as, as you say it's not a new issue i think people have been thinking about these things uh long before um yeah Cool, let's move on to transgender and gender dysphoria. Um, so transgender is quite an umbrella term and could mean all sorts of things. Um, so it could just mean that someone wants to, uh, they're a man and actually they feel a little bit more female and so they want to kind of be known as transgender female so that they can cut their hair short, maybe dye their hair pink. Um, be called uh, a woman. Uh, it may mean something a lot deeper than that. Uh, gender dysphoria uh, is a, a real, uh, from my understanding, a real medical uh, issue. 
uh, a real feelings of being trapped inside your own body, feeling like how you feel and what your body is saying are completely mismatched. Uh, and you just don't feel at home at all in your own body. Um, and so we need to remember that there are real people who are really struggling with these thoughts and feelings. And we need to remember compassion. We need to remember that Jesus had compassion on all sorts of people. Uh, and uh, we're going to turn to Romans 8, 18 to 25. I'm going to let you in a moment do some d- discussion in the little circles you're in. Um, for a few minutes in a moment, um, so it's not all me talking. But Romans chapter 8, 18 to 25, um, I'll, I'll, I'll read this and say one or two things and then we'll have a chat. Paul writes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we await eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So, I, so as I've said, there are people who genuinely uh, feel this kind of gender dysphoria, this feeling of being trapped in their own bodies. Uh, Andrew Walker, uh, I've been reading a book of his on this subject. He says, in individuals with gender dysphoria experience real feelings of distress about their gender identity. These are authentic experiences where their heart's desire is telling them one thing about themselves, where their body is saying something else. Uh, And question I'd love you to discuss in your groups, uh, just for a few minutes, is how does this passage in Romans help us answer why people may have these issues? Um, I could add to that, how could this passage help us if we're talking to to people uh, who, who... have gendered us for it? And does the Bible offer us any hope? Um, chat about those things. Uh, use this passage as a little base for you um, as you chat um, for about five minutes, no more than five minutes. Um, maybe we could hear two, two thoughts from two of the groups. Maybe we'll sneak a third in. Um, that group at the back, glad you're having a good chat. <laughs> um, can, uh, does anyone want to share one or two things from their, their little discussion? Uh, Shama? 
Okay. All right. Um, Go for it. Okay, I was just sharing that um, the, the passage talks about some kind of um, conflict going on that happens with us in the body as a result of the fall. If you connect mm. it with Genesis um, chapter 3, mm. it comes with the fall. And in the package that the fall came with, it came with a lot of dysfunctional things and mm. battles that go on inside us. And these battles point us to the fact that there, there's something that is beyond us. There are things mm. that we, um, there, there's, 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 there's a level, there's a realm that, is, that transcends who we are mm. in this body, in this fallen state. And there's a perfection that we ascribe to. Now, this, um, this fallen state, you know, comes with a lot of issues, including... Um, yeah, what we are, what we are discussing dysphoria. right now, yeah, the yeah. gender dysphoria is among the, the, the issues. And what Paul is saying is that these groanings that go on, including these ones, mm. uh, it's common. Um, mm. The hope there is that it happens. Mm. Yeah. And there's a time that will come where everything will be made clear in our glorification. Mm. Um, a lot of all these things will be settled um, in a more permanent form, I think. Something in that direction. Thanks, Shamasi. Yeah, things things about us being uh, full, fallen worlds, fallen states. Yes. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, any any further thoughts? Anything on the second? Can we, uh, Maria? Can we can we give you a mic? In regard to what you said about gender reform, uh, uh, gender dysphoria. Mm. And the guy who was speaking about some people don't feel at home in their body. Mm. Um, well, it's all to do with feelings, isn't it? Yeah. And how they feel about themselves. But as we know, we can't rely on our feelings. Mm -hmm. We rely on what you were saying was the benchmark mm -hmm. of the Bible. That's what we should be relying on. Mm -hmm to tell us who we are. Yeah. Because, um, you know, our feelings, our feelings go up and down mm. almost daily. Mm. And not only that, they go up and down as we age. And, um, you know, feeling, you can't rely on them because they're not constant. Yeah. They can be. And they can be contradictory. Yeah, one well, moment you can feel like this, the next moment you can feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, both, yes. Both at once, yes. yeah. Yeah. So you can't rely on them. Yeah. So even that guy, Jen, um, Walker, mm. was saying our feelings are going to, are telling us, mm. their heart's desire is telling them things about themselves while yeah. their body is saying something else. Mm. Um, we know that our heart and our sort of insides mm. tell us all sorts of funny mm. things. Mm almost daily, mm. but we can't rely on that, can we? And our hearts are deceitful, aren't our they? Our hearts are deceitful, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <coughs> oh, summer. That's okay. Maybe we'll make this the last one for now. It's, for now. Uh, it's just that um, what Maria said, I, I agree with her, but um, we, she said, you know, our benchmark is the Bible, mm. and yes, it is, because we are Christians, Mm. 
but for the world out there, what is their benchmark? Hmm. So, I think two thoughts that come to my mind is, first of all, God has created this world, um, whether we're Christians or not, God has created this world, designed it uh, in, in the way that he has chosen, um, so that, that there is uh, particularly, so, so kind of putting gender dysphoria to one side, because that, that is a, a complex mental health thing in terms of people identifying as transgender and whatever way that looks like. That's a rejection of the truth, rejection of the creator, a rejection of how we're created to be. People that say to someone with gender dysphoria, it's okay, you can, you can be a, a, a woman instead of a man. Let's, let's work on treating you to, so you, that you can become as such, that's again a rejection of the truth, rejection of, of the creator um, uh, and acting on, on feelings rather than truth yeah. can, I, can I just add to that the point I made about uh, yeah, yeah, please do yeah. yeah, I mean in what kind of crazy world is it the case that if people are anorexic don't want to eat because they feel that their body is gross and somebody goes on the internet and says oh it's alright to starve yourself to death they're rejected as, as, you know, as, as harmful. It's, it's stuff that people try and get banned, and rightly so, I guess. Mm-hmm. And yet, if you say you want to change your sex or your gender, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's harmful to say that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And yet, they're very, they are very sim- similar mental conditions. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just that what's happened is that ideology has got mixed in with medicine. And, and the result is, you know, is not surprisingly chaotic. Mm. Thanks, Steve. Uh, can we just one more comment from, from Rosemary? Thank you. Well, I just wanted to say that... Um, okay. Mm. Pretend it's an ice cream. Um, <laughs> um, largely, uh, these days, people are ignorant of the Bible. It's not being taught. Mm. I mean, 50 years ago... People went to Sunday school, children went to mm. Sunday school, and they were taught in schools, and that is mm. not the case now, mm. and so they haven't got a basis mm. of truth. Yeah. Like we were saying this morning, really, in Samuel's day, where the, the word wasn't, uh, God's, God's word was rare, and it was leading to all sorts of chaos, wasn't it? People and do what is right in their yeah. own eyes. Yeah. Um. Let's move on. Uh, a few other things before I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll sing and then we'll move to kind of other issues and questions. Um, so uh, in terms of um, change, I'll, I'll share that quote in a moment. In terms of changing kind of sex, um, so saying to someone transgender uh, dysphoria um, that that's okay, those, those feelings are legitimate, and so we can give you kind of medication and things to change your gender um, or, or to help you become a bit more like another gender. Um, all sorts of research and stuff has been done, and it, it says that chromosomes cannot be re-engineered. 
removed or scrubbed from the software of our bodies. A trans woman can grow his hair long and wear high heels and pump estrogen into his body, and a trans man can cut their hair short and force testosterone into her body. All of this is an active pushing against the body's internal software, unable to decode ourselves from the genetics of our physical becoming. We are left to rearrange anatomical aesthetics and coerce ourselves in a direction that runs against nature. In other words, you cannot change someone from being male or female. Um, you, you can do all you can to try, but actually, as this uh, writer says, all of this is an active pushing against the body's internal software. Uh, and I'll add to that, an active pushing against the creator's design for it. Um, it it's damaging and it's harmful, and it doesn't offer the hope and the satisfaction that they're looking for. This is truth, but we need to remember grace as well. We need to remember to listen to people and have compassion. And we need to remember the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus who has experienced brokenness of body to such an extreme on the cross. He, the perfect son of God, he entered into a human body. He experienced temptations. He experienced living in a fallen and a broken world. He experienced all sorts of temptations. He experienced brokenness of body on a cross. And it's him that people can find their true hope in, isn't it? Not in medication, not in trying to change gender. They can find hope in the Lord Jesus. And they can find comfort that even though they may not feel right in their own bodies now, that they can look forward to the resurrection bodies that we'll get. Bodies that won't be broken. Bodies where they will feel at home. Just, yeah. Some hopefully helpful thoughts there. Uh, just to say as well on gender dysphoria, there, there will be some, uh, and maybe you've experienced this with children, grandchildren, uh, there will be some children who, who, who might have, have thoughts uh, when they're quite young, uh, thinking, oh, I, I think I'm actually a bit, bit more like a girl or actually like a boy. So certainly nowadays, now hearing uh, it just in their face all the time, uh, and some of, those, some of those thoughts and feelings will maybe last a few days, a few weeks, a few months. But some of those will carry on uh, into puberty. But sometimes once puberty kicks, they, they kind of go away and um, uh, things are kind of okay and normal for them. Um, yeah, uh, just, just a... Just a thought uh, from some of the reading and stuff that I've been doing. Um, let's pause. Uh, let's sing. The, Phil introduced us to a song. Uh, sing of that wonderful hope. The wonderful hope that we can hold out to others. Uh, to others who are experiencing uh, the pains of trouble and, and life in this, in this world. In these uh, bodies that are subject to decay. Um, I want to move to questions. You, I'm sure you have questions. Um, 
just a couple of things that I think have come up over these last few weeks uh, that I, I thought we'll, we'll address now and then we'll hear from uh, any questions from, from the rest of us. Um, so things about kind of intersex issues, so people born with um, not complicated um, gender stuff, maybe a mix of male, female, not very clear on uh, which they are. Um, what about them? What about intersex issues? Okay, so there, there are a number, uh, quite a lot of conditions known as intersex. Um, it is where some kind of difference with a person, that there's some kind of difference with a person's male or female chromosomes. 99% of cases, intersex cases, there, there is actually apparently little difference for people's lives. Uh, some people will go through much of their lives without ever really knowing that they have them. So there's this quote from someone in Poland who said, most people born with intersex conditions do view themselves as belonging to one binary sex or another. They simply see themselves as a man or a woman with a birth condition like any other. But you then do get onto the the one percent um, of very complex issues where it's really quite sad and quite unclear. Uh, there's the names of these uh, on the screen: congenital and adrenal hyperplasia, complete androgen insensitivity syndrome, partial androgen insensitivity syndrome, and over testes. So. You can see the numbers, one in 13,000, one in 131,000, one in 80,000. And yet for each case, it's, it's sad and it's going to be hard for the parents, hard for the individual. But I want to say that there, still, that there isn't some kind of third gender. Uh, male and female might be very intertwined and it might not be very clear, but there isn't some sort of third gender. Because some transgender people argue, well, th this happens and so it's okay if I change my gender. Uh, but these conditions, they remind us that we, we are in a world that is, is broken and fallen. We've been reminded of that from God's word this evening. And yet those people are no less born in God's image. These people can be, uh, still be so, uh, such a blessing to people, such a blessing to uh, a church, uh, if they come to know the Lord Jesus, which they can. They, they equally have hope in the gospel. Each one can be told of the intimacy that they can have with the Lord Jesus. And the other uh, big question that I, I think people uh, have had over these last few weeks, a few people have mentioned to me, is what about pronouns? Is it okay to call a, a boy who wants to be known as a girl? Is it okay to refer them to, to them as a she? Um, I personally think that, that we need to be very careful about doing that. Uh, I don't think we... We, we don't want to be lying to someone 
And yet we may feel that actually saying she, referring to them as their, the name that they've chosen, a girl, actually we may feel that actually that's the best way to relate to them. Um, but I, I don't think it's wrong for us to do that. But I, I think we're probably safer to actually refer to them by the name that they want to be known as. Whether it's their original name or another name, uh, to say the name rather than she or he and kind of feeling like we're kind of lying really to them. Um, that's my own personal view, which you may not share. Um, and I think that's okay. Uh, the, the Bible's not descriptive on that. Um, you may have questions. You may have comments. Now is the time for them. Uh, any questions? My, uh, not Mark, Aaron will come round with a microphone. <laughs> Don't think your mic's on, actually. Yeah. No, don't, don't worry. I don't think it's on. Now it is. There we go. Go for it. Earlier on, you said something about um, male and female, and they were created to uh, produce. And, and that's the way the Lord created them. Now, we have a lot of medical intervention where... You don't need the male, the woman. I mean, you do need the male in a way, but not in the known way. Yeah. And I just wonder what you think about that. Um... Yeah, I, I, I'm wondering about... Yeah. What, what is, is there another question behind your question? No. Okay. Um, I, 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 think, I think there is a sense that in lots of cases, kind of maybe trying to play, play God in, in some situations. Um, others, I think actually there, there are interesting and amazing medical ways in which parents who, who can't have children... Uh, naturally in the normal way uh, can have them uh, and I think that, that those are amazing um, amazing helps to people um, but I think in some situations um, like one I read of the other week where a baby has been created with three uh, parents stuff I, I can't remember exactly how it worked but I'm like that that's going far too far <laughs> going yeah, to try and prevent medical conditions, which apparently may not actually work anyway. See, um, more questions, Steve. Oh, are you get sorry, Brenda. Yeah, this this was just a comment. I do actually know of somebody who who um, was born with. Kleinefelter's syndrome, which has an extra X chromosome, XXY. And he was an adult. He, 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 it wasn't known. It wasn't known until after he'd been married. Mm. Um, and there were other 
health issues, which meant they they looked at this. Um, and he's a Christian. Um, but in one sense, the the way God has made him has enabled him, I think, to be a very um, compassionate teacher. He's been a, mm. been a teacher. Um, but it has meant that he and his wife have not been able to have children. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's living a, a life of loving the Lord. Hmm. Which is brilliant. As someone who's created in his image. Yeah. And, yeah. Thank there is, you. of course, a, bi- a, bi- a biblical precedent in the sense that in Leviticus, if a, a man died childless, his, his, what, his brother could give a child to his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll get back on my hobby horse again. He said, chromosome... Um, we talked about Tony Rook said um, chromosomes cannot be re-engineered uh, or removed or scrubbed away from the software. Well, mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, um, there are lots of chromosome mixed mismatches when kids are born. I mean, when Down syndrome kids, 20, 30, mm. um, and others, lots of children and others are born the way they are. Mm. People can be, as you mentioned there with the congenital stuff, differently made. Mm. And some people are born with alternative sexual leanings. Uh, um, Some people are born without enough chromosomes to give them enough sex drive in one direction or another. Some people are born to be differently orientated and that isn't by choice, that's by creation. And I do believe that, sad though it is, people live their lives struggling with that, or else they find gratification by people of their own gender. And it's very sad, but that's unavoidable. It's as if they're born you know, to be blonde or to be tall or to be short. That's the way they have been made. Um, I know people should we've all got different temptations yeah. and we shouldn't be giving in to them and yeah. all those people have got those temptations they know what the rules are but that is the way they've been constructed so the, I, I think for a, a few people that uh, as in not all same sex attracted people I don't think that's, that's the case at all no, no I'm not suggesting um, that all same sex attracted people but I mean, for there are some, some people who just think, I think the easiest way to get yeah. sexual gratification is go with someone yeah. of their own gender yeah. because they, they can't make the, the effort to go and find someone else of the opposite gender but for, there are those who have no mm. option but to be attracted to those of their own gender it's not their choice. It's the way they've, they've been created. And that's part of being in a created world, and that's where we have to submit to our creator's good design, I think. That's, that's where we're, we're born, people are born into a fallen world, and we need to recognize that there is a creator. We are just creatures 
uh, and we need to submit to his good design for this world and for our lives. Um, and if they're Christians, then we, we, we take up our cross and we follow, don't we? Uh, and that, that's not an easy thing. Um, and for some, it's particularly going to be that. But if if they act on their temptations, if they act in their temptations, then they're they're sinning, aren't they? Uh, If they sin in their 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 thought, the the in in their desire, but God God doesn't tempt us beyond what we can bear, and He can help us, can't He? Sorry, I was just going to say. (laughs) That we're all born in sin, we are. and we yeah. all have various different temptations yeah. that we have to resist. Mm. I mean, like, you know, I might want to go and rob a bank, or I might want to have all the clothes in, in next, mm. but I'm not going to, I have to resist mm. that temptation. Mm. Um, some people want a lot of mm. things, but they can't have everything, so you have to resist a lot of things. Everybody does. There is such a thing as celibacy, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing, I was actually, um, can I just say one more thing? One more. There's was, a couple of yeah, hands okay. at the back. So. Sorry. Um, I was having this very conversation with my son this, this morning. That's why I wasn't here. <laughs> um, and he was saying um, uh, there are, um, I can't remember what I was going to say, sorry. <laughs> if the thought comes back to you, please share. <laughs> Catherine. Um, yeah, we, we could be praying with um, people with the um, body, what was it? Trans- Gender dysphoria. Dys- dysphoria. Yeah. And people with same-sex attraction, like pray yeah. for healing, yeah. pray for God to um, reverse, to give them the the um, normal feelings of um, to the opposite sex, and to heal them, and so that they'd be okay in their own in their own gender and sex. I, I think like, that's. I think that's a prayer that is okay to pray, but I, I think we need to be really careful, um, particularly if we're talking and praying with them, that actually those feelings might never go away. Um, yeah, m- maybe they won't, but there is a chance that, like, because it could be something demonic that's causing them to, to be like that, and that could be cast out by prayer. Uh, no, that yeah, that I think there are certainly people in situations where where they they have found a, a freedom um, from, from those. I I think generally, uh, from what I, I I read and from what I've heard from people, I don't I don't think that generally happens. Um, and that that might feel quite hard. Well, I disagree with that. 
Yeah, I disagree with that. I think it um, it can be a mental illness. It mm. um, it it could yeah. it could be uh, psychological issues to do with how they're brought up. Maybe all sorts of different things: abuse, sexual abuse when they were young, can make them like the opposite sex, um, the same sex, and don't want to be in their body. Certainly with the gender dysphoria, we <clears> want to <throat> pray and help walk people mm -hmm. and hope that, it, particularly if they turn to Christ, that they'll be able to be comfortable mm -hmm. in and be able to live in their own bodies. Like, I think all of us, probably in different ways, aren't that comfortable <laughs> in our bodies. Like, I, I remember having all sorts of body image issues when I was a, a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, those feelings, thankfully, aren't, aren't really there now, but... Um, yeah, I think we can walk with people through them those pains. Mm -hmm. uh, we can pray, God, please, please change. But they might not, mm, um, yeah. and that might be something we have to help people live through. Um, yeah. Um, um, also, I yeah. I saw one more thing. Yeah. I read um, some re research done on. Um, people that have transitioned, that have gone through operations mm. and hormones, mm. and it, in general, it hasn't made them happier. Yeah. Um, they've gone on. Some have gone on to commit suicide. Yeah. And some of them have gone to transition back. Yeah. To their. So Which generally, can be even more it, damaging, apparently. Yeah. And just, so generally, it doesn't yeah. make someone happier in the yeah. long term. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've read some, um, particularly. In the 10-year mark, 10 years after surgery, um, that's when really horrible thoughts of suicide go, like, go, yeah, um, and things like that, and it's, it's horrible. So it's not, it's not the answer, is it? The, yeah, we find, find our hope and identity in, in Jesus. That's, that's really the answer that we, we want to give to people. Um, Ruth and then Corinne. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I just just wanted to, to, to mention a few things very briefly. Um, the first I, I thought was, and you touched on this earlier, Daniel, that how important for the family of God, for the church to be a place where we, um, we are a people who listen well mm. to people, mm. that, that we... That, you know, there's all sorts of names, labels that can be banded out, but mm. but to to see each individual person who walks through our doors as, as an individual mm. with a story and different things that, that are weighing on their shoulders, and to and to come without kind of assumptions, but with a kind of an, an openness that you know, wow, you know that I I don't I've never grappled with or struggled with what you are. Mm. Tell me about that. Tell mm. me how that is for you. Mm. And being really kind of careful to, to be seeking to, to listen well to people with the mm. Lord's help and grace and, and, and love. And that our, where, where we are here should be a place of open conversations about these matters. Because yeah. I, I remember I worked with students and, and, and there's one dear student um, struggling with, with gender issues. And, and she said to me, nobody has ever told me what it is to be a woman. And I thought to myself, wow, there's so much that we kind of just by default kind of explore and express and, um, in, in, the, in the family of God and as we open the word. Second thing which you mentioned a couple of weeks ago was just about the, trusting the power of the gospel. 
and just like actually this is good news of great mm. joy to all people mm. and that you know that the idea of um that the like kind of the passages that we were reading say even in Romans 8 is just amazing at just pointing to actually when we kind of hold out the the glorious truth of the gospel to people it's not kind of like let me tell you what it is to be a man or a woman but let me invite you but to to have your sins cleansed completely Mm. and come into the family of God Mm. and that like actually our identity becomes that that kind of being children of God yeah. is what, you know, that is what we are and, be, you know, what behold what manner of love the Father mm. has lavished on us. So I, I'm, I'm struck by, I think there is something central about the identity of a believer that even though there can be a long process of, you know, repentance and grappling with all sorts of feelings and thoughts, that's a journey of sanctification. Mm. But that from day one, when we have the Spirit of God in us, then with our spirit, we can know, yes, I'm a child mm. of God. And, and that even a, someone with whatever thoughts about, you know, gender stuff can, can, can know that when they've got the spirit of God in them. And then that journey, I feel like we can trust that mm. God, if he started a work in any of us, he will carry it on to completion. So, yeah, mm. I feel we can be real, really confident and hopeful in the gospel that we share with any, anyone. Thank, thank you, Ruth. Thank you. Um, did Cor- Corin, did you, are you sure? Okay. Anyone else? Um, hang on. Can we have Shammer as the microphone's nearer Shammer and then Steve? And then we'll, we'll stop. Okay. Um, I think for me, when I look at the issues generally, I go back to Genesis. Um, I think Phil took us through that a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. And when I was meditating around that, um, essentially, human beings, are, we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Mm. That is how God created us. And the designer who has created us in that particular way, um, creating our identities, knows the bodies we can realize that one best in. Um, there's the... <coughs> sorry, I'm running out of breath. My voice is kind of having a cold. Um, I think Rick Warren in his book, Purpose Driven Life, um, captures the words of the psalmist that says, you you knitted me together in my inmost being. Um, So it's like he, he paints the picture of before anyone comes into this world, there's like a meeting in heaven. And God determines, like in Corinthians, he said he determines the places and the, the, he determines who we are and the exact places we should be and the times when we exist. So all these details are in God's design. Mm. And what it means for me is that God knows the best, um, the best body that I will come in to mm. fulfill his purposes in his own way, at his own time. Yeah. He determines my race. He determines... God is very deliberate about how he has created us. He has not left anything to chance. And this tells us that there are, um, there are things we should be mindful of in doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, um, dealing with any kind of person who has any kind of gender dysphoria or, I mean, uh, human beings generally, just like we've been talking, people are made in the image of God and we look at them with love. And then I see that what I should do 
is to um, just listen to them, understand their story. I mean, nothing makes me so different from any other person. There's but a step between me and doing what any other person is doing. As, as a child of God, you know, the things that God tells me not to do, if I, by God's grace, have happened to grow in my faith and I don't do them, it's, it's not necessarily a function of uh, that I'm super, but it's the grace of God that has kept me. Because I know, we know the thoughts that we, we think, we know the weaknesses that we have, and there's every tendency, there's every tendency we have to go off. It doesn't take much to sin as a child of God. Mm. I mean, Paul was talking about the fact that um, we have, I mean, uh, the three, we have been saved, we are being saved, and we shall be saved. Mm. We have been saved, our justification, by our faith in Christ. We are being saved, you know, our sanctification. When we sin against God each time, then we have our glorification when we leave this body. So we have been, we have been, um, we have been delivered from the, present, the power of sin as Christians, right? But one thing that still stands is the presence of sin around us. We still have the presence of sin, and we have the tendency to fall in various ways. Yeah. And God looks at that in the same way, right? But what helps us is to trust God for grace to keep us in the race, right? Mm. So even in those inner feelings we have, Someone's inner feelings may be to have a same-sex attraction. Someone's inner feelings towards sin may be to steal. Mm. Someone's inner feelings may be adultery, fornication, mm. and that. But what helps us is to trust in God's grace mm. to restrain the power of Christ and the love of Christ compels us and constrains us mm. to live lives that glorify him. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we, uh, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And the grace of God that brings salvation, has mm. appeared to all men. And it teaches us to say no, mm. right? And Titus, yeah. right? Titus 2.11. No, teaches us to say no to every form of ungodliness. Mm. But what helps us and what helps us manifest that power is Christ in us. And that is Christ that helps mm. us defeat every kind of feeling we have, mm. right? So even as we walk through these kinds of feelings and not limiting it to just um, the issues we are discussing now, but any other challenge anyone has, mm. you know, in whatever forms, we should know that God's grace is there and his power is there to help us if we depend on him, you know. Mm. And, you know, with fellowship like this, we are able to help each other grow. Mm. The church is like a hospital, like someone yeah. says. Yeah? <laughs> we come with different ailments and, and all that. And by God's grace, we find strength to yeah. move on. We find grace and power to keep saying no and denying the flesh all the time. I think that's for me, that's what guides and um, the, the heart of the matter in, in this for me. Thank you. Thank you, Shama. Thank you. Um, final comment or question from Steve, and then... Can read another passage of scripture? Yeah, of course you can. Uh, Daniel chapter 1, verse 18, which may not seem immediately relevant, but I think it is. Daniel 1.18 to 21 says, At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, 
so they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. I think to, to quote Kathleen, Kathleen Stock, isn't it her name? I think you... The feminist. You quoted earlier, mm. you can't change the mind of a fanatic. Mm. Um, and I think we need, realistically, we, we need to understand that we are, what the people we're confronting, if we, if we get into arguments of this, are not rational, they're, they're fanatics. And uh, on the other hand, equally, we mustn't become fanatics ourselves, the point Ruth was making. That, you know, it, I mean, Daniel outwisdomed out the wisdom of Babylon at their own <laughs> game, as it were. He did. And, he and, I, and I think we have to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and not become fanatics and not just start, resort to shouting at other people. But say yeah. that, you know, actually point out that much of what they're saying doesn't, actually doesn't work. And mm -hmm. that we, we, you know, that if we believe that Christ is the wisdom of God, then we should be able to prove it. Mm. Uh, Phil, <laughs> but final, final comment. <laughs> and then we'll, then we'll end in prayer. When we started this, I, I think I, I tried to make a helpful distinction. In the world of ideas, we need to oppose with wisdom. Mm. In the world of, uh, of, of practicalities, we need to navigate what a... What a you know how we do things at work i think in the in the realm of relationships we need to win people so i'm just thinking of the council officer many of you will know that i, uh, I have every month or so a meeting with the council officer who used to be known as a man is now known as a woman uh, i really would like to have a proper conversation with this person like ruth said to understand mm -hmm. where they're coming from mm -hmm. um, and you may or may not know that uh, the, uh, in the recent elections, the ward councillor for this particular ward, when we're just on the boundary of this ward, is Pete West, who, who's come and spoken to the men's breakfast, and Raphael Hill, who we're told is the first openly transgender councillor to be elected. Hmm. Um, that, uh, that's, uh, and, uh, and this person did the washing up, actually, at the last lap meeting. So... I, I'm really looking for wisdom to know how to work through all this with some very real people that I, I hope uh, I, I'd like to invite them to the meal with a meaning. So yeah. if, if somebody comes to the meal with a meaning, please be winsome to that person yeah. and not, not just to try and sort of first thing bash them mm. over the head or whatever. Absolutely. It's like we do, do if you haven't heard the other talks uh, from Phil and I uh, previous weeks, do, do listen to them because I think they all work together as a whole, uh, as thinking about the last one where we thought about Jesus came into the world full of grace and truth and we want to show both, whereas I think we probably have a tendency to be one or the other, to bash people head over the heads with truth or to welcome people with open arms and don't share any truth, and we need both um, Let's end in prayer because um, it's, it's gone way past time. Um, let's end in prayer. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are too uh, wonderful. I know that full well. 
Oh, Father God, we thank you that we are created by you, our good and great creator. That we find in your word that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That we are made in your image. We are precious people. And Father, thank you that even more as we know the Lord Jesus as our saviour, thank you that even more we are children of yours. Precious sons and daughters. And so, Father, we thank you for that identity which you give us. And we pray, Father, that we would trust you, uh, the God who has uh, created this world, created us. And we pray that you would help give us a great help and compassion and wisdom as we uh, relate to others, maybe people who... Uh, may identify as transgender, struggle with trans, uh, gender dysphoria, or other issues which are part of being in a broken and fallen world. And we pray that you'd give us such great compassion, knowing that the Lord Jesus has had compassion on us, sinners who, who don't deserve any of it, uh, and yet are loved by you. We thank you. Help us as we go from here. Help us as we serve you uh, in this world, we pray. Help us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone.